Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning, Liz. Sorry for my raspy voice. Oh, <laughs> you were out partying kind of last a, night. A long day. It was a great day <laughs> yesterday. I mean, I couldn't have, have, have wished for a better day than it turned out to be. I mean, here we are getting sworn in. Uh, at the state house outside, the sun was out, and I didn't have to wear a coat. Mm, that was beautiful. amazing, just amazing. I was hoping I was going to see you and Nick have a table set up, <laughs> broadcasting from down there. I thought, well, maybe she would get this idea to talk about it last hey, week. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! You need to inform of um, inform us of this invitation so we can oh, be there. See, that could have been. I'm told, I I said Liz last week. I will co-host with her. We need to get that on the books. That would be big yep. fun. We'll do it down. Do it down in Columbia. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm working on that. I pitched it. I pitched it at the last meeting. So we'll see you what work happens. work on that. Yeah. I'm there. All right. And, Sounds good. And Nick, very, very informative this morning. Kiss a ginger day. I was hoping you'd kiss that beautiful <laughs> little girl. I did. She and, was asleep, but I did. And, and the work hard, that's good. You know, my dad, I have it on my challenge points. My dad used to tell us all, Work hard, do good, aim higher. It's like the rules I've lived by. I say it 900 times to my kids. They probably recite it <laughs> in their sleep. So it's a great message for you know, today. You know, yesterday we were talking about uh, what you would tell your 28-year-old self. And uh, Nick said, I would tell myself to work harder. And it turns out today is work harder day. So it was mm. kind of uh, funny. But we that was kind of like the theme all all uh, day. I mean, do you have something that you would have told you would tell your 28? And I don't mean making a different decision about anything, but just about how to mentally handle, you know, you know, what, you know what I, I, I've learned as I got older is to not take the words of people so seriously. Ah, um, because I, I think in my younger years, I did take what people said. And I think it's gone to a new level. We've seen it now mm-hmm. where people say mean things and it paralyzes us, right? Mm. Because words have an impact. And it used to be that there were very significant words that would make you stuck in your breath, right? Like somebody would call you this name or label you and you'd be like, oh my God, that's so horrifying. Um, and And I think... Just not letting, just because somebody says it doesn't make it true, mm-hmm. and and to not let not let you be paralyzed because people try to use their words to paralyze us with fear, and you know I mean when God is on your side you have nothing to fear, and when and I think uh, I've heard you know my parents say this like the chickens come home to roost, and so when you say mean things like somehow the truth has a way of revealing itself eventually. Yeah, And I think we just, I just, I would have told myself to not let that. And I think I've learned that over the years. Um, but I wish I would have known that when I was younger. I probably would have saved myself a lot of, a lot of heartache and a lot of anxiety. So, mm. um, but that's what I would tell myself. Interesting. All right. Well, that's a good one. Uh, I, you know, I was wondering, you know, you were saying that the truth will always reveal itself. Uh, what do you make of this, um, this call for an investigation into uh, state Superintendent of Education, Ellen Weaver, just, you know, as soon as she was being, uh, you know, the results of the election was certified, she was being uh, sworn in as, you know, for her first time. And the South Carolina uh, DNC decides to write a letter to, uh, you know, the Attorney General, uh, Alan Wilson and Merrick Garland to say, hey, there's no possible way she could have gotten a, you know, master's in education leadership in 
less than eight months? Well, this is what I would say. I would say the DNC has a lot of egg on their face. Um, One of their candidates for governor left their party this week and really called them out about (laughs) um, how disorganized and out of touch. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know, she she had a lot of things to talk about about them. So they've had a rough week. I think... um, I think that we have to focus on education. We have been calling for a change in education forever. And maybe people are afraid that Ellen is going to be that change. You know, I Mm -hmm. uh, met Ellen early on. She was involved in school choice. She was involved in our charter schools. We know this is the recipe for success is options and choices. And um, obviously they're afraid of that, right? We, you know what people don't realize, Liz, and I think I've said it on your show before, and we could have moved up with our teacher pay raises, but we are 15th in the nation in the amount of money we give our schools. Hmm. So Ellen is right. Ellen ta- campaigned on the fact that it's not more money that we need. It's more money to go to the classroom. It's cutting out the bureaucracy. It's giving money to the teachers. It's giving money to resources for those students. And she's hit a nerve with somebody, obviously, Mm -hmm. but she's right. Statistics and numbers don't lie. 15th in the nation to what our tax dollars go per student in the, you know, for education. And we're 49th in outcome. I mean, you have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. We've got to revamp our schools. I think the people of South Carolina voted her. The people have spoken. Um, Bob Jones is an accredited university. I cannot imagine somebody would risk the accreditation of their whole university Mm -hmm. for one person. So let the process play out. They can jump up and down all they want. I am going to put all of my support behind Ellen. She was elected by the people of South Carolina, and I want to see change. She, we need to get our kids reading. We need to put power back to parents where it needs to be. We need to cut bureaucracy, and we got to get money into those classrooms, into those teachers, so we can attract the best teachers in the country. Because it's not where you go to school. It's not the the area you're in. Because Nick Zay's former superintendent, told me in probably my very first week of being lieutenant governor, and he had all kinds of data to support it. He He said, Lieutenant Governor, do not let people lie to you. Poor kids can learn, and poor kids can be really successful. It all depends on the teacher. And he said, it's all about getting good teachers in the classroom. And we have great teachers. We got to make sure we get more. And I've, I've seen it and I've heard it play out in my years as lieutenant governor. And so um, I say, let this white noise go and let's get behind a superintendent who's going to try to make some really impactful change. And of course, it didn't help with covid shutdowns and schools shutting down and the battle between these pseudo union groups and everything. Um, you know, the, since 2020, it's been really hard. I mean, a lot of kids kind of went MIA thousands of kids were not even checking in on their online courses and they had, um, you know, broadband deserts out there. They couldn't get the internet. There was so many things that were revealed during 2020. In fact, um, you know, a couple of days ago, there was a press conference, I think, after we spoke last week that the governor uh, revealed his executive budget priorities. How confident are you um, that this budget is this, you know, this list is going to be actually um, come to fruition, like get through the legislature? I mean, what was what's been the response? 
the the response has been really good. The governor and I had our press conference last Friday, and, you know, and there was something in that budget that everybody should be proud of. You know, we talked about raising teacher pay. The governor talked about it in his inaugural address, wanting to get teacher pay up yet again this year, giving teachers a retention bonus for staying on, you know, for, for you know, maybe in not the best of situations where they are, but because there's hope on the rise. We looked at our law enforcement. You know, we gave a tax break, um, you know, zero state income tax for our veterans on veterans' pensions. That was a huge win, something that Governor and I have talked about for years. And so in this executive budget, we proposed that we give a $2,000 tax credit for all law enforcement first responders um, here in South Carolina. It's the easiest way to go through so that you don't bring in, you know, like maybe constables and magistrates and, and other groups, right? We want to make sure we're giving a really good tax credit to our law enforcement. We talked about giving money, more money back to the classroom and more tax cuts. Um, we we have a $3.2 billion surplus. South Carolina is growing. Um, people are paying, you know, corporations are moving in. They're being very successful. They're creating money. You know, South Carolina, it's a fun fact. I don't know if I've shared with you. I was on a a podcast talking about onshoring. You know, South Carolina is number one in the nation for companies onshoring. You know, President Trump's big initiative. South Carolina data shows we are number one in the nation. In, in bringing back um, companies Business. that left? Yes. Did they left South that, Carolina or the nation in that general? That left the U.S., oh, yep, that okay. left the nation. And mm-hmm. as they were looking to come back, found yeah. South Carolina as they the They landed here. Wow. So $3.2 billion surplus. Mm -hmm. So the governor's saying, let's put it back into things like we need to accelerate our bridge repair. Christy Hall is very concerned about bridges across our state, asking for money for that focus on bridges. You know, the hard part with infrastructure, which I know is hard on everybody, um, is it's people to do the work. We have the money for the work. (laughs) <laughs> there's not enough companies out there doing the work. And so that's kind of what backs this up, right? And we all know that. Because try to go get a new faucet put in your house or have your bathroom remodeled, right? Mm-hmm. You have the money, you're willing to do it. But if there's, yeah. <laughs> you've got to get in line, you got to get in line. Um, so, you know, really putting an emphasis on that. I-76 was part of that. The governor still very passionate about I-76. He really believes that that's how you diversify uh, the business climate in Horry County. You mean I-73? I'm sorry, I-73. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, you know, he put that in the budget again this year. Um, his budget saying he thinks it's needed. Um, you know, businesses, they look at places they can get in and out of easily. So we need more roads in and out. Um, I know that's a very 50-50 subject in the area, but mm-hmm. I want to see Horry County grow and diversify just like every other part of the state. So... We have a lot of great things in that budget. It's been well-received by the General Assembly. Speaker Smith um, works very closely uh, with our office to make sure that we collaborate together, right? This is not a who has got the better idea. This is like collectively, as Republicans and conservatives, we need to come together to put all of our best ideas on the table and make them good for the people of South Carolina. And that's what we see happening. It was it was very heartwarming for me um, over the last four years to see how our relationship with the General Assembly has just gotten better and stronger and how we can work together on things to get things done. 
I wanted to ask you before we run out of time, when we're speaking with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, we saw the um, uh, South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson um, speaking uh, often, often about human trafficking, sex trafficking, labor trafficking. And there was a new report revealing, um, you know, the most uh, reported human trafficking situations. And uh, Horry County is still in the top five. At least we're not number one. Uh, we're number four this time. And so uh, the task force has been going on for 10 years. I remember when it was created, like when I first started here. Um, and they've done some incredible work with good legislators like uh, our new congressman, Russell Fry. He was uh, part of that effort. So um, there are, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about human trafficking being reported more and more. And uh, not that maybe the incidents are are created, but more awareness is causing reporting to go on. Did you want to make any comment about that? And how important is this topic to the governor? Well, it's very important to the governor. You know, the first lady has taken that on as her initiative um, to kind of bring awareness and light to it. And I think that's what we have to do. It's kind of like after 9-11, when it's like, if you see something, say something. Um, I think now, like the warning signs have been put out there for everyone. We have to all come together. What a horrible thing. This is happening today. Like we always, as a society, it seems like as of lately, want to change things in our past, but you can change the past, but you can definitely change the future. You can change what's happening today. And the fact that we still have um, women and children and young boys, I mean, let's face Mm -hmm. it, this is not just a woman's issue anymore. Mm we all have to come together. I think, you know, Myrtle Beach is a great place to come and visit. You have a lot of visitors that come. I think any place that has visitors that come, this seems to be an issue because it's not familiar. In an area, uh, you know, if you live in a neighborhood and somebody new pops up or you see a lot of weird things happening, it's easy to spot, harder to spot when you are in an area where people are coming and going every seven days. So it's, it, it really takes the business community to come together, and we've done that. Um, I learned a few years ago that QT is a safe space, that if somebody, and I guess sh- we should talk about these things more. If you, are, if you are in a situation that is harmful to you, every QT gas station is a safe place. If you walk up to somebody working there and mm. say you're being harmed, you're being trafficked, they will put you in a secure room at their location. Wow. And they will get you help. And and we should know that, right? Everybody mm-hmm. should know that. We should be talking about it. So um, so girls uh, and, and, and children and men and whoever that are being abused know that they have a, a, a place to go to where they'll be safe. We get more businesses online. I think our, our hospitality community and kudos to them in Myrtle Beach have really put a focus on this, mm-hmm. keeping your eyes open to see yep. it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what we have to do. We, we, you're never going to stop all the evils in the world, but when good people come together to help, we make big strides. And I think we just need to keep doing that. Um, speaking of evil in the world, uh, did you see what the Democrats are trying? Uh, they voted down the Born Alive abortion survivor bill. Um, and uh, Jerry Nadler was saying that, um, oh, we, we, we have to just let the baby die. We, we shouldn't, because what kind of life will that baby have if they're born alive from a botched abortion? <laughs> um, you know, it is, it is so horrific to me it to is. hear this logic. Mm-hmm. 
Because never in my, I really don't think if you go back to the original Roe Wade in 1974, nobody would have ever thought we'd be here today. Mm. I said it in my debate, Liz, let's not start judging these Democrats today compared to us because we are on different, Mm -hmm. we're in different hemispheres, right? Let's just compare them to themselves. Bill Clinton said safe, legal, and rare when it came to abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a Democrat. Safe, legal, and rare to now Jerry Nadler talking about allowing an innocent child to die before all of our eyes, and we just do nothing. Mm-hmm. And there's been so many interviews with people that I've watched them, adults that have survived trying to be aborted that have survived and gone on to live lives. And, and some of them are, you know, um, have brain damage and missing limbs and all sorts of stuff from what had happened to them. But, and, and all of them had said they forgave their mother. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, I mean, talk about an empowering conversation to have with somebody, uh, about their life. But, um, I mean, they were talking about it. It's, it was, it's just horrific. Like you said, it's just unbelievable. But four Democrats did vote for it. They voted for saving the baby's life, life-saving measures being provided. So there are four <laughs> that have some sense of morality, uh, which is good to know. But Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you next week. Congratulations again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you keep working on that station, Liz. We got to get you all down here and uh, during session and, oh, yeah. and let you do a whole bunch of interviews. Uh, we're definitely going to uh, plan that. I'll, I'll get together with your people. There my, you go. That my people will great. talk to your people. <laughs> hey, Lieutenant well, I, Governor, isn't it uh, my understanding that not only will Governor McMaster, should he finish this term, be the longest serving governor, you would be the longest serving lieutenant governor? Yes. No, I really won't be. You know why? Because. Um, I was elected when the governor was first elected, not ascended. So I'm on an eight-year term. Yeah, so Kevin Bryant, um, he came from the Senate and served the remaining two years of what would have been Nikki Haley's term when the governor ascended from lieutenant governor. So so I won't be, but... But she was the first one picked to be on the ticket. I know. She's the first (laughs) to be on the ticket. First female Republican lieutenant governor. And I'm telling you, as far as you and Nick and everybody else out in Orange County, it is such an honor for me to serve you again for four more years. Thank you so much for that honor. I'll do everything I can not to disappoint you. All right. Well, thank you and congratulations. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Informative. Liz Calloway. Engaging. Nick Summers. The Liz Calloway Show. Talk 94.5.